Welcome to the Digital Agency Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Englander. Today's episode is a little bit different, and with you know all the uncertainty and so on, um, I wanted to do this sans sponsorship, including by our own company. Uh, this in conjunction with the previous post we wrote, which is all about outreach strategies that we're doing um, in a more tasteful and effective way to kind of keep things going. Because regardless of what's happening, regardless of however this is going to play out over the next weeks and months, um, prospecting has to continue, sales activity has to continue, but it has to be done in, in a thoughtful way. And a lot of that means walking a fine line between continuing to be effective and continuing to get what your, your agency's message out there, but also doing it in a way that's not insensitive, that's not exploiting this crisis um, in, in the wrong way. And I've already been getting lots of promos, lots of messaging from agencies and from others out there selling things that is, is frankly tone deaf and frankly insensitive. So um, if you want to check out that particular article, um, that's going to be linked up and hopefully that's helpful as well. We've also linked up a few resources within that article um, that is kind of kind of along the lines of chicken soup for the soul, you know, things to think about, things to to plan for, but also kind of how to how to keep sane and so on. So there's some stuff from from our, our, our friends out there, including Jake Jorgovan and the Clockwork Agency, that I think are, are going to, it's going to be helpful. But today on the show we have Tim Connolly. Um, Tim Connolly is somebody that I've known for quite a while. He is a business coach focusing on high-end, big-ticket B2B service companies. Um, he's worked with over 400 entrepreneurs in his two-decade career. Um, worked with with thousands of more in an online capacity. Uh, and today, you know, we basically talked about the recession or what what seems to be the forthcoming recession uh, and what agencies can do to prepare. And I got, definitely got a lot out of this episode. Um, I, I think. In some ways, this this wasn't really about making a big 180 uh, and, and changing things as much as it is about going back to basics and talking to your clients um, and so on from there. We also talked about Tim's particular take on specialization um, versus just niching, and I think that I'm in agreement with him. I think that he's put it better than maybe I have in the past in terms of specialization instead of just picking one market. Um, and another thing that, that I think is going to be really helpful is the the new importance on project-based income. Um, and I, I don't want to preempt Tim's thoughts on that, but I'll leave it uh, for him to describe. So without further ado, please give it up for Tim Connolly. Tim, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we've known each other for a while, I think through, through Dynamite Circle and... I know a bit about your business. And one thing I do know is that you've started successful businesses in the midst of, of crisis or kind of leading into that in 2008 and, and perhaps before. So yep. maybe, maybe a good jumping off point is, is that just more about your business and what that experience was like, I guess, damn, 10 years ago now. It sneaks up on well, yeah. 10 and then 20. Uh, yeah. So uh, the, the original start was during the dot-com bomb. Uh, that was when I was doing the whole dot-com run-up and just couldn't figure out how to do a business. And that led me, uh, when everything crashed, that led me to learning how to do sales, uh, doing copywriting, direct response marketing, and that became my career. So I ended up uh, creating an agency out of, uh, out of a failure uh, dur- uh, during a recession. Yeah, and can you talk a little bit about that agency from a high level and what you're focusing on there? 
So back then, back in the old days, we called it clicks and mortar. Uh, it was getting all these offline businesses to come online. And then anyone who had some sort of online presence at the time, uh, getting uh, offline uh, online traffic to come into their stores and things like that. So, uh, so the whole, um, and that, that became the clicks and mortar uh, thing back then. And so we focused on the connection between online and offline. Nowadays, like you can just be online, online only, which is fantastic. But back then, every, it, the whole thing was new. So trying to get people to learn that you weren't either just a .com, which was the thing. You know, you had to be a .com, but they were like, well, I have a retail store. It's like, well, you can maintain your retail store and you can have an e-commerce store. And that was, uh, that was such a revolutionary time. And that was what I specialized in, that, that connection between online and offline. Right. And to give a little perspective on what we're going through now, what, what was it like kind of leading up to during and then kind of getting into those years of 2008, those down years? Kind of like it is... Uh, uh, well, I think every recession, everybody kind of has an idea that one's coming, but nobody knows when. So then when it does happen, everybody's like, oh my gosh, how'd this happen? Right? So uh, the dot-com crash happened because tons of money were flooding into telecoms and flooding into dot-coms and, and the economy was all, it was just like wrapped around that. And when it failed, the dot-com era failed. It, uh, it was a, like a triggering effect. It was the catalyst that got the rest of the economy to slow down. Then, then in 2008, it was real estate. Uh, well, not necessarily real estate. It was the financial shenanigans going on behind the real estate that was the catalyst to a new recession. This time, the catalyst is um, a, a disease. Right, right. And with that in mind, I, I guess, what do you think is similar about what you went through then and what makes this different from your estimation? Uh, th this one's a little different because it's more like 9-11, uh, like uh, where it was some outside force that, that came in, did something harmful in, uh, in the short term and created uh, and is creating uh, – short-term, mid-term uh, uncertainty. And because of uncertainty, everybody's backing up. Like uh, they, uh, everybody, as soon as uh, humans become uncertain, they start saving their money. They start uh, being more careful. Well, you know, doing the things they should have done when things were great, they start doing right when things start getting bad. And, and, it, and it's smart, it makes sense to do, but then it has like this snowball effect. So we're, we're seeing that it's more like what happened during, uh, right after 9-11, uh, than, than uh, something like the dot-com crash being the trigger, you know, which just happened, you know, happened like just like a year and a half before 9-11. Uh, so, I, I, so I think we're seeing in this case, something that's more along the lines of uh, uh, terror than, than actual market uh, problems. 
Right, right, which I guess are, are still to come. And I always find that I have kind of a real ambivalence and a real split mind about it, where on one hand, you know, I know I, I'm continuing to prospect and we're continuing to be, you know, tasteful, but very, uh, you know, very active about, about prospecting new business. But at the same time, I kind of like understand wanting to lean, lean down wherever you can. So I guess that's to lead that into an actual, actual question. What are the better agencies you're working with and encountering doing? And what's, what do you think is the, a good way to prepare these days? So, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, like, what what the what the question is there? Uh, what are what are you actually after? Uh, yeah, I, I guess like how how can you actually um, how can you actually plan sales and marketing the right way while still being cautious? How, how can you still continue to go out there and do everything you're supposed to do um, and continue to take advantage of opportunities without? Uh, putting yourself in a in a bad situation for the agency. Well, uh, uh, the the thing with agencies is that they're the bad situation that's coming is not their the proactive things that they're doing. The it's the all their customers that are going to start canceling. That's where that's where they're going to see the the biggest the biggest impact is that their customers are going to panic. Anyone whose agency was focused on restaurants, well, they're probably out of business already uh, or, right. or about to be because restaurants aren't even open. Restaurants are not spending very much money because they can't get people to even come in the door. Uh, I, uh, several of the restaurants in my area are saying, hey, we got free uh, delivery. Uh, we've got uh, takeout. We've got all these other options. You don't have to dine in. So they're trying to, they're trying to solve that issue. Uh, but anyone who's not, who does not move towards some sort of delivery model that's still wanting people, diners, like those, those are all shutting down. So any agency that was like focused solely on something like that, there's not much they're going to be able to do. So uh, if they want to stay in the restaurant space, the the thing to do there would be to diversify. So th- so this is something that I've always said uh, counter to the rest of the people, my, my gurus, right, who talk about agency stuff is that everybody's like niche, niche, niche. Hey, niche is great when things are great. But if you're in the wrong niche when things go south, then you've got to dig yourself out of a pretty big hole. Right. So... I'm glad you brought that up because that's I'm definitely one of the gurus guilty of that. If I'm not the guru, I don't know. But um, because what what we found is that selling agnostic agency services to anyone and everyone is getting harder and harder to pull off, right? So there's this rock in a hard place problem where you have to niche. But again, if you niche too much and your niche goes south, you're you're in trouble. So I guess the question is, how do you find that balance? How do you how do you niche and get all the advantages of that while hedging your bets in your in your experience? Well, I, I think a lot of it comes down to more about specialization, uh, your specialty. I, what I would hate is like landing on an agency site, even if they're like hyper niche, let's say keep with restaurants, they're like, we only serve restaurants, but we specialize in and then they have like 30 items that they do. Yeah. It's like, oh, so you don't actually have a specialty. You don't yeah. actually have something that you're bringing to the table that you're the best in the world at. So I'm more focused on specialty and then industry. 
So in the restaurant industry, uh, the whole thing's going to hurt for a while. But what, what commonalities does that have, uh, that industry have with other industries that are going to be less impacted? Right. right. So you're, right. Able to, you're able to take your specialty and move it into another space relatively easily. But if your whole thing is wrapped up in a niche, say restaurants, then, then you don't have a specialty to then take over to someone else and say, hey, we can use this, what we know for you. You're, you're rebuilding from scratch. But if you become known as we're the best in the world at doing this skill set or outcome, because uh, either one's good, uh, outcome's probably better, we're, we're the best in the world at generating this type of outcome, and then you can go to pretty much anyone who has similar characteristics to where you develop that specialty. Right, right, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I guess one question is, you know, from the agencies you're working with, what are the ones that are particularly well-suited to weather the storm look like? Like beyond the... the, the, the specialization with with some um you know we're working with different industries and real real type specialization and, and doing specific things is there anything okay. else you're seeing any other archetypes for the agencies that you think are going to do well now uh agent so here's here's something that's uh, I, i've been trying to preach for a couple of years now is project income project income project income project income because for the last 10 or 15 years the whole pitch has been recurring revenue recurring revenue recurring revenue right yeah. everybody's been saying do recurring revenue and the reality is that with recurring revenue you're you're in you're in for a world of hurt as soon as uh, 30 or 40% of your customers cancel but the one thing that the one thing that can uh, keep you going and keep all your staff employed, uh, so that you don't lose domain knowledge, you don't lose uh, you know culture and expertise, is project work. Because there will still be project work because people are going to be uncertain about the future, so they're not going to make a monthly payment that could go on into the future, but they would be willing to spend money on a single project that could get them results immediately yeah i love that i love that that alternative point of view and i think that what i found is a lot of the times when you're doing a complex service you're thinking of it in terms of mrr when it really is project revenue because the outcome of the first x months is going to determine whether or not anything happens after that in the same right. way that a project is going to determine any follow-up projects or bigger arrangements and that yep. sort of thing. So yep. I think I think you're really spot on there. There's been kind of a mislabeling of what's happened. Um, I guess right. one question, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to ask. No, no, one question okay. is um, for, for the types of, of agencies that really have retainer-based models, are there any good ways you've seen to sort of rethink that and, and think in a project-based way or at least experiment in that way to repackage um, services, if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty easy. Uh, you uh, get to know your customers. You get, to, you know, you you know what your clients are doing, what they need, what they're going through, and you talk to them and say, "Hey, you know that thing that you're trying to do, that one objective that you have, and we're doing these this monthly service for you over here. Well, we can help you over here too. Yeah, would you yeah. like would you like some help with that? Right. 
You're right. Uh, it's, it, I know it's crazy. Talk to your clients. Uh, I, you, know, you know, crazy mad advice, but that's what you should be doing. You should be talking to your clients. Uh, if you want to save your clients uh, where they don't just drop you right out, well then go talk to every single one of them. Have a face-to-face, even if it's digitally, have a face-to-face with everyone. Find out what they're going through. Get to understand their needs. You should have done this during the good times. Uh, and so it might be too little too late for a few of you, but for the rest of you, get to know your clients because that's where you're going to get some project work out of it. Right, right. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and, you know, another, another question is, one of the things that I've heard come up a few times is in terms of silver lining is these downturns could be a good time to to build, to do stuff that might take longer than if you were caught up in, in a busy market and that sort of thing, side projects and that's and so on. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Just, you know, if, if people are taking this dip aside from just hustling more, is, is there any silver lining with being able to build things in a different way in a down market like this? Do you think that that's valid? Uh, possibly, but I've not met too many humans that can think uh, think uh, creatively when they are feeling pressure. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, right. Uh, most 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 people retract. You know, most humans. That's you know, we go into a recession because uh, as as a herd, we all start retracting. I, I think it's. I think there are some entrepreneurs who look at that and go, "Hey, this is my this is my shot." All my competitors are backing away. Everything has gotten hard. So I'm willing to do the hard work and that's my shot. Uh, yeah. So I think, I think there's, there are a few of them out there that are willing to just do the work because they still have to run their day-to-day and then do a side hustle uh, to be yeah. able to make any real shift. So, so a lot of people... Uh, when they start seeing the thing that pays their bills uh, in trouble, they usually just double down on it. And it's really difficult to, to make changes, uh, to actually look at the world and go, oh, I'll, all I see is opportunity. I don't see just chaos. Right. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, so I guess kind of you know, bringing this towards the end, what, what are the sorts of things that you find yourself telling your clients to do in the last couple of weeks? Like what are, what are those common things you're telling people more and more? Well, I, I, I've actually already said them. I talk to every one of your clients. You have to get to know them. You have to know exactly what they're going through. And this isn't some like perfunctory thing where you're just getting on a phone call hoping you can sell them a project. You have to get to know them before you can even suggest a project. So uh, first thing is get to know every single one of your clients. Figure out what's happening in their business and bring solutions to the table if possible. If there is a way to do so, then do that. The other thing that I've, I've been doing is, okay, uh, and I didn't share this, is first you talk to your customers, you talk to all your clients, then you go talk to the market. If you come to the market with a plan, it could be a terrible plan. It could be the completely wrong thing to be doing, but it won't matter. If you come to your market and say, we're going this direction, go that way, follow me, I know what I'm doing. Even if you don't, yeah. people are going to follow you. 
right. just start putting uh, so so that's the premise so put out more content put out more content that lets people know that you've got a plan for them that it's not just a sea of chaos that there are some ships out there on that sea weathering the storm and are going in the right direction they know where the safe place is and they're headed that way so all you have to do is follow follow those uh, ships right be that lead ship be the admiral out there taking people to to a safe harbor and and so that is probably the biggest thing you can do is coming out there and saying i've got a plan yeah that's really great and without getting into rose-colored glasses territory or downplaying how bad this is all going to be, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what silver linings you, you do see coming from this. If any. Well, one, because it's kind of funny. I've been interviewed several times this year, and one, one of them before all this kicked off was, like, what do we do about all these random people who have been coming into digital marketing and trying to start an agency or say they've got an agency that really have no idea what they're doing? Well, we don't have to do anything now because yeah. every one of them is going to be gone. Uh, and any agency that was not transforming during the good times, they're probably going to go out. Uh, with with this recession, they're going to disappear, and that sounds terrible, especially if you are one of them. But that also means there's going to be a massive amount of opportunity. So if you come to the come to your market with a plan, and you're going to be able to have some people follow you along while things are rough, but then when things are better, there's there's two years of history where you've been instructing your market on the direction to go. And so when things start picking back up, you're going to be the leader. You're the de facto leader. Uh, like I said, even if your plan wasn't very good, it doesn't matter. You survived and had a direction for your market. And when things start picking up, they're going to follow you because there's not going to be any other leaders out there. Yeah, Tim, that's awesome. Makes a lot of sense. Um, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, best thing they should do is just go to my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com forward slash Tim Conley, T-I-M-C-O-N-L-E-Y. It's the best thing they yeah. can do. Go there. Yeah. Tons of, tons of content that they can just learn for free. Yeah, it's a great channel and your, the production value is great. You got great music. Everything's put together really well, fun to watch. So I definitely recommend it. We'll, we'll get it linked up. Uh, Tim, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, Dan. Thank you for listening to the Digital Agency Growth Podcast. Um, again, uh, really want to do everything we can to help right now, regardless of whether or not you guys can take us on. Um, so if you'd like to book any time with me or you're just curious about what you can do on the new business front, how to approach prospecting the right way over the next weeks or months, um, feel free to shoot me an email or if you just want to say, hey, or let me know what's up. You can do that by, by reaching out to me at dan at salesschema.com. Um, I look forward to catching you on the next episode. Thank you.